Every student is unique. Every student learns differently and every student matters. This is Idea Exchange, the future of K-12 education series, brought to you by Macmillan Paston Smith Architecture. Welcome to our Future of K-12 Education special three-part series with a focus on truly creating innovative environments for students today. This is part three of the Continuum special. In our final segment, Michelle talks to the Executive Director of the Darla Moore Foundation and the Executive Director of the Continuum. They discuss what business partnerships and philanthropy were necessary to pull off this impressive educational facility. If you haven't heard parts one and two of this special series, you might want to go back and listen to those first. Joining me today is Harry Lassane, the president of the Darla Moore Foundation. In this role, he oversees foundation operations and grant making. Prior to joining the foundation, he served as the executive director of the Charleston Parks Conservancy. He led the Conservancy to more than double its annual revenue and significantly expanded its programming, including major renovations of Colonial Lake, Hampton Park, and many other parks and playgrounds, the creation of three community vegetable gardens, and a comprehensive program of community engagement and cultural events. Prior to joining the Conservancy, he served as Senior Advisor to City of Charleston Mayor Joseph P. Riley Jr., where he was responsible for advising the mayor on all aspects of city government. In his career, he has served as an officer in the United States Army and South Carolina Army National Guard, South Carolina Director for the Conservation Fund, Associate Director of the University of South Carolina Bicentennial, and Research Assistant Professor of Southern Studies at the University of South Carolina. He is the author and editor of two books, including A History of the University of South Carolina, 1940 to 2000. He has served on the boards of numerous community organizations in Charleston, including the Cooper River Bridge Run and the Gale Yard Center. He currently serves as vice chair of the City of Charleston Planning Commission and on the board of the Friends of the Low Country Low Line and the Charleston Parks Conservancy. A graduate of Duke University, he earned a master's degree and doctorate in history from the University of South Carolina. Well, Harry, um, it's so great to see you, and uh, we really appreciate you taking some time out of your busy schedule to talk with us about this project, uh, the Continuum, within the classroom, uh, in the Continuum, and the Darla Moore Foundation. Um, I'd like to start with a few words about the Darla Moore Foundation and uh, maybe in your uh, time there mm -hmm. describing the, the, your role with the foundation and the overall vision and mission of the foundation. Sure. Well, of course, as the name uh, indicates, uh, Ms. Moore founded the, the foundation about 10 years ago or so, mm -hmm. uh, and it's been active around the country and around South Carolina. Um, I've had the honor of, of, of leading it since uh, a, about a year and a half ago. Mm -hmm. um, as you mentioned earlier, I moved up from Charleston where I had worked with Ms. Moore on a, on a project that she led there. Mm -hmm. So, um, but the foundation, you know, as, as you mentioned, uh, and Ms. Moore's ph philanthropy, in addition to the foundation, has been, uh, you know, all over the country, but in South Carolina, most uh, most notably at the University of South Carolina at Clemson. Um, she's been very generous to uh, a number of colleges and universities around the state. Um, 
a little less known are some of her her efforts uh, for K through 12 education. She's a big funder of Teach for America in South Carolina, uh, both nationally and and in the state. Um, so she's worked on on educational issues, uh, you know, for for many years uh, at all levels, um, and then and then her philanthropy in Lake City, mm-hmm. uh, which has been the, her focus most recently over the past few years, um, which has been focused on revitalizing the, the downtown of Lake City mm-hmm. and the economy more generally, which kind of leads into those two threads lead to the continuum. Right. Lead right. us here. Mm-hmm. She she has roots here in the community being a Lake City native, right? And so she, you know, obviously has a passion for this community. Um, can you talk a little bit more about what drives her um, to just want to be so invested? I mean, she is a very busy and successful businesswoman, but obviously has this deep-rooted, you know, just devotion to this community. So can you talk a little bit just more for our audience? Yeah. So, you know, her family is, is many generations in, in this part of Florence County. Um, And she, and she's very articulate uh, about, and and speaks often about how this place made her who she is. Mm -hmm. Um, Her parents and her grandparents who, played such an important role in her life were very invested here um, and 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 were pillars of this community for for many generations and she um, she feels a debt to to them uh, and wants to make make good by them and and and, and you know make them proud of her for mm-hmm. what she's done um, but but you know her success I think and she will say this her success um, you know, in, in New York and the sort of cutthroat world of investments in New York, um, the things she learned here allowed her to be successful there. Mm-hmm. Um, and so she feels a, a great debt of gratitude and, and wants to um, help people who've come behind her, uh, you know, be as successful as she was. Right. So, right. I mean, in, in all of the different uh, facets of her, her, her of her philanthropy um, sort of lead back to that to that she feels this deep uh, connection to this place and to these people and mm-hmm. she genuinely just wants to help make their lives better that's great that's that's really inspiring to hear we've talked to some people today who are Lake City natives, these educators who have um, been born and bred here and who, who have dedicated their lives to coming back to this community and educating it. So uh, it really is wonderful uh, to hear that, to hear for someone who has reached success on a worldly level to, to, to feel that loyalty and devotion to their community and to come back to return, to return that favor. Uh, I'd like to understand if there were any challenges along the way um, from the beginning of planning, like let's go back to the planning of this uh, facility and, uh, you know, reaching out to uh, Francis Marion University and Florence Darlington Tech and and really uh, identifying those uh, partners in the community. Um, Can you talk to us a little bit about the early planning of that process and if there were any challenges along the way? Sure. So let me first give a, 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 disclaimer that much of that planning work happened before I came on the scene. <laughs> so, um, but, but what I know is that, um, that this facility, the continuum, which you've heard a lot about, um, really 
uh, is a true partnership. And it is a remarkable partnership in that you have uh, Ms. Moore, uh, a, a great philanthropist in our, in our state and in this region, um, who cares so much about about educating students so that they can have the opportunities to succeed. But you have two institutions led by uh, Dr. Fred Carter and, and, and at that time Dr. Ed Bethay, um, who uh, really genuinely shared Ms. Moore's deep commitment to the people of this region. And um, and the the this is a a true three tripartite partnership, three partners who, who come to the table. The, the facility couldn't exist without any one of the three. Mm-hmm. Um, and, uh, and it's unusual for, particularly for two institutions of higher education that serve similar populations and in other parts of our state and in our country would otherwise be competing for students with one another. Mm-hmm. And, and both of those institutions, to their credit, and I you know, Dr. Carter and Dr. Bethay led the way, but their boards uh, and their constituencies also supported this. Put those institutional prerogatives aside to say what's best for the people of this region. Um, and that's what's made this so amazingly successful and why, you know, Ms. Moore strongly believes this is a model for other parts of the state that uh, institutions can come together and the, and the, the parts are really greater than the, I'm sorry, the whole are greater than the sum of the parts. Right. I mean, what's done here um, is, is uh, they leverage one another. Mm-hmm. The, the two schools are leveraging each other and, and accessing more students and, and serving more people in the community than, than either could do on their own. So right. it's, it's pretty remarkable. Place. It is remarkable. I, I know we were talking earlier um, before this interview, uh, Dr. Carter <clears throat> was talking about just how instead of holding on to the students and their catchment population, uh, instead of, you know, uh, kind of not sharing them, but, you know, taking the risk and understanding that sharing is a better situation and establishes a greater uh, network and support system and, you know, um, allocation of resources that everybody can share. And it makes me, when he was talking about that, it made me think about the way we learn and work today in a very collaborative nature. That's you know, right. Like 20 years ago, of course, that 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 mentality of holding on to what you have and and uh, so you don't lose it uh, was so strong, but it has really loo- you know loosened and we've developed this alternative way to work where we um, right. really have to come together at the table, um, listen to uh, all the needs of the parties involved, of the stakeholders involved, and ultimately um, put what is the best for students first before everything else. Yeah, and that's and that's unfortunately a rare a rare thing. Mm-hmm. It you know, is a you, rare thing. You've got these two state agencies, state institutions, um, who have distinct missions, but. At the end of the day, they're serving the community and, and their educational institutions and so forth, and all to come together, uh, for those two to come together. And then let's not forget the, the school districts right. um, who, right. are, who are, you know, allocating their resources, you know, to sending their kids here and transporting mm-hmm. them and so right. forth. Uh, so they're, they're another important part of the partnership uh, to making this work. So um, it takes a lot of people sort of setting aside – um, 
the sort of institutional barriers that exist right. uh, to serve the students mm-hmm. of the region, which is, as I've said, a, a rare thing, right. in some, unfortunately, in a lot of cases. Right. Absolutely. So I know you took the lead role um, in the foundation uh, about a year and a half ago, like you said, and about that time, the building was, was complete. That's right. So, um, from your, from, you have, you have a very versed background in, in history. And, um, and so I want to ask your opinion about learning about this facility mm. in so far as it had been a Walmart, it had been a retail center that was tasked to be reused to, to be no longer, a consumerism hub, but mm-hmm. a workplace hub. So there's that interesting um, story that has patinaed over time, just like the scrim of the building is, right. is patinaed. So, um, what is what are your thoughts about about that and um, the symbolism there? Well, I mean, I just love I love the adaptive reuse of a building that you know in most communities is considered an eyesore. Mm-hmm. You know, an old strip shopping center on the edge of town uh, is not something that people typically view as a, as a great asset for a, for a downtown. And in, and in this, and in this uh, community in Lake city, you know, this was the first, this building was the first of those suburban shopping centers that, you know, kind of began to suck some of the life out of the, the old, uh, you know, downtown businesses. Mm-hmm. And so for this to now be repurposed, adaptively reused, um, in a way that, you know, not only is it serving as a hub of education, but it's also, um, this is a community center. I mean, this gets right. used for lots of different events all the time. Um, and so, um, it's now once again, contributing, you know, to this economy. And, and I mentioned earlier, one of Ms. Moore's projects has been the revitalization of, of downtown Lake city. Mm-hmm. And this is just, you know, a, a, a critical key part of that. Right. A catalyst. Yeah, it really is. Um, you know, it, it, the conferences and all the events that are happening here are interacting with and using the downtown businesses and the folks are staying in the hotel and eating in the restaurants and shopping in the, in the retail shop. So, um, it all, it all works together. Um, and it's great having, it's great having the students here on a daily basis. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I, I, I really believe that, um, that a facility like this, of this quality of, you know, first rate quality, um, will help this region retain, those students so that they're not, you know, looking to, to go to, to Charlotte or to Raleigh or mm-hmm. to Atlanta, um, mm-hmm. that they'll find, uh, you know, gainful employment here, good jobs and, and be able to raise, you know, families here and be, and, and live happy, productive lives and be engaged in their communities mm-hmm. in the, you know, in the same supporting way. these yeah. kinds of, of facilities. So, um, anyway, I, 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 I think that, um, you know, the old Walmart uh, finding a new use yeah. Uh, yeah. is really an inspiring story. It is. And, and thanks to Macmillan, Paz, and Smith for your, you know, just visionary design here. I mean, it's just wonderful. So anyhow. Thank you. We couldn't be any more proud of this facility and its story and what it's achieved and, and how it's turned out. And, you know, we really like the idea of thinking that this 
model, such a successful model, um, a, a project that was born from collaboration of um, like-minded people with a strong vision, uh, you know, in a small town, a small region in, in South Carolina, it can be replicated elsewhere. Yeah. Um, one of the things that uh, we're proud of in this idea exchange is that we you know, we work with school districts and educational faci- mm-hmm. educational entities all over the state, large districts, small districts. But we've been able to tap into some of those ideas that are that are brewing in small towns right. in South Carolina. And you know, you're from upstate of South Carolina. I'm from Low Country of South Carolina. Ben's from the Low Country, Lawrence, South Carolina. So we all have a have a deep. Um, a deep appreciation of what the state has to offer in terms of, um, you know, resources and, and workforce and, and thought leadership. And so we like the idea of thinking of that this successful model could be replicated elsewhere Absolutely. in the state. We're really starting to talk about that. So generally speaking, what, what advice would you have um, from your standpoint in representing the Darlamore Foundation of the pieces that are required to come together? I mean, obviously, uh, the foundation plays a huge part in the success of this formula. Um, you know, open-minded leaders coming to the same table and understanding that resources can be shared is 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 another right. huge part. Uh, but what else? What else are the critical elements in your in your mind? Well, I mean, I think I think a, a willingness, as you said, to to sort of set aside um, institutional prerogatives or um, you know what's be- what's in it for me. Mm-hmm. I mean, I think I think you mentioned open open-minded. Uh, you know, honest, open-minded dialogue. Um, there, there aren't a lot of problems uh, that that um, at least can't you can't make headway. Maybe you can't solve all your, the problems in your community, but you can make headway on them if people are willing uh, to sit down honestly and and as you say, share resources and uh, and be open-minded about different solutions that perhaps have been tried in the past. Mm-hmm. So. Um, you know, in, in the case of the, of a continuum, uh, what it requires is, um, you know, it, it requires um, institutions that have resources and have, you know, are willing to to, to, to be willing to be a part of something to not mm-hmm. they don't have to be the leader, the lead dog and their, their flag is flying, you know, above everyone else's. Uh, but to be a, a piece of the puzzle, as I mentioned, the, the, there are a lot of there are a lot of moving parts here. Right. Um, right. You know, you got. A bunch of school districts and colleges, and uh, you know, and, and and the private sector that here in Lake City that has supported this. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, these things. There are multiple ways that these things can be tripped up, and they can be stopped, halted. Right. right. Uh, but in this case, you had um, you had business leadership, you had the philanthropic community, you had higher ed, school districts, and you had the political leadership. We haven't we really haven't talked about that. That was that was and has been supportive of this. Mm-hmm. Um, and so you know you put all that together. Uh, any any one of those things that could have gone wrong uh, would have tripped it up. But but in this case, you know we had we had people who were willing to. Uh, you know, try this experiment to see how it would work in this really uh, amazing facility. Right. And, right. um, and, and the kids that we see here every day, 
um, are the beneficiaries of that. Right. And, and, and they're solving problems. These kids are getting good jobs. Mm -hmm. They're moving on to, you know, bigger and better things, whether more higher education or, or, or good paying jobs in, in this region or mm -hmm. others. Um, and so, you know, it's happening. It's you can see it happening right here on the ground. That's great. That's great. That's wonderful. Well, in closing, I want to ask you one more question. Sure. Um, just uh, just to uh, finish round round out things for us, mm -hmm. um, we'd like to hear a little bit more about the other initiatives that the Darla Moore Foundation oh, yeah. is working on. Just what's next? I know I'm sure um, the continuum keeps you busy uh, on a certain level, but I'm sure yeah. uh, the foundation has some other uh, wonderful initiatives in the works too. We'd love to hear more about that. Yeah. So great. Well, thank you. That's a great question. That's uh, we do have a lot of exciting things, and, and Miss Moore is heavily engaged in all of it. Uh, you know, starting with here with the continuum. Um, you know, we've you're going to hear from Jeanette Altman, our wonderful director here, who does such a fantastic job, kind of you know bringing all the partners together, um, and we want to expand what's offered here. Mm -hmm. You know, this this facility opened in the fall of 2019, mm -hmm. and then the world shut down in March of 2020. So we didn't really even get a full school year in pre-COVID. Mm -hmm. um, but you know, the world is starting to come out of that, and, and I think. You know, the growth here is we've been growing through COVID. Mm -hmm. I mean, we grew, uh, you know, a good clip this school year. But I think, you know, as the word continues to get out throughout the school districts in the region, you're going to see the enrollments go up. And then we want to we want to expand the offerings. Mm -hmm. We want to expand um, the kinds of programs that are offered here. Uh, so, you know, we'll be seeing that roll out here okay. in the next few months and, and years. Um, and then we talk about Lake City and the and the um, the activities we're working on there. I haven't really mentioned Art Fields, which is our mm -hmm. wonderful arts festival in, in late April. If you haven't been, you need to come. It's a really amazing time. Mm -hmm. It becomes the center of the southeastern art world yeah, for, for nine that. days in, mm -hmm. in April. Um, and and we're working to 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 expand that beyond the the nine day festival. We're, mm -hmm. we're working to, to, to make the arts to be a driver of the economy here year round. Mm -hmm. So bring, uh, uh, creating ways to bring artists here and have them make their home here and make this the center of their creative life. Mm -hmm. And, and to have that help uh, support the economy is a big part of what we're working on, uh, as a foundation. Um, and, you know, we're working on uh, increasing housing, mm -hmm. which is another big challenge here, um, that, you know, we hear about the housing challenges in our big cities. And, you know, I, I, I live, uh, day to day in Charleston and we have mm -hmm. a big housing issue in Charleston, but, but believe it or not, Lake city has a, a real housing shortage and we've got a new hospital that MUSC is building, mm -hmm. um, just down the road. Um, and, and we have a challenge with housing the folks, you know, that are going to be attracted to, to work in, the, in that facility and, right. and many others in the region. So we're working on developing housing for mm -hmm. Lake city to help support the growing economy here. Mm -hmm. Um, Switching gears a little bit, we, we uh, recently announced a, a scholarship program at, at Francis Marion. Ms. Moore is uh, given $5 million to Francis Marion to help uh, students attend college who wouldn't otherwise be able to. Oh, wow. Um, wow. And, and to help them not just go to college, but finish college without student debt. 
Um, and so we're working That's on great. that with Francis Marion, and we're also working with some other partners in the state here to do the same thing for uh, for a number of other colleges in the state. Okay. So we, we're, we're focusing uh, right now on on uh, on uh, higher ed and scholarships. Um, we've got a, a whole host of other programs in land conservation. Um, we're doing other workforce development kinds of work. So there's a lot happening with the foundation and a lot to keep that's us great. busy. Wow. So. That, that's great. That sounds like, it sounds like you're very busy. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> well, that's tremendous. Thank you. Well, it was wonderful getting to talk to you and getting a glimpse inside the Darlinmore Foundation yeah. and um, what it really is all about. And um, we're just so grateful that uh, it was put together, you know, yeah. that uh, the support was here to put together this facility and uh, we're excited to share it with our audience. So well, thank, thank you. you. Thanks for having us. And thanks thank for you. all you did to help make Lake City better. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> we're joined today by Jeanette Altman, who currently serves as the executive director of the Continuum in Lake City. Originally from Spartanburg, South Carolina, Jeanette worked as an engineer for Michelin Tire Corporation in Lexington before moving to Lake City with her husband, who is a Lake City native. Once in Lake City, Jeanette pivoted to the world of education as a math teacher and assistant principal before assuming the principalship at J. Paul Truluck Magnet School. She spent 17 years in education and has a passion for the students and community of Lake City and the surrounding areas. In her current role, she works with schools, students, and businesses from all over the region, connecting them with education and training offered at the Continuum. Jeanette. It's so fun to uh, have spent the day with you and now to sit down and formally talk with you about the continuum and the programs here. And it's been wonderful just to learn and meet all the key players and learn about the history and development of the of the project and just to get to know you and understand your passion uh, for the facility. I'd like to I'd like to start with the name of the continuum because it's an interesting name and Dr. Carter mentioned a few words about it earlier but um, could you could you talk with us about um, how that evolved? The sure. So uh, the name was developed before I was hired, but I okay. did I did hear the background behind it, and it does make sense um, how they came up with the name. Um, I think the idea is that a student could potentially start taking classes here, mm-hmm. maybe in high school. Um, that's mm-hmm. when you explore what you think you're interested in, what you think your career pathway is going to be. And they may or may not like what they what they start start in. Mm-hmm. And um, the idea is that c- they could easily continue if mm-hmm. they want to, mm-hmm. or they could change tracks, mm-hmm. uh, pathways as easy as going across the hall, going down the hall mm-hmm. and and changing. And then as they graduate, mm-hmm. they could continue on mm-hmm. and, and further their education. We actually have some students who started as a dual enrollment student here and, mm-hmm. and now they're they're an 18, 19 year old adult continuing mm-hmm. and finishing that that certification, certification mm-hmm. or, you know, whatever, whatever level they want to achieve here. Um, they're, they're continuing it here. So mm-hmm. I guess that's the continuum. Gotcha. Yes. Gotcha. That's great. That's and then great. it could be fluid, um, mm-hmm. and change. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. that's well, where it came from. That's great. That's great. It's catchy. And so it stays with you. So it's great to understand the inspiration behind it. Now you are the executive director uh, for the continuum. And so you are the woman who is boots on the ground here. I mean, we've taught, we've, we've heard a lot about the planning and the effort and the partnerships. Um, 
but you're the one who sees the students day in and day out. You interface with the faculty Mm -hmm. um, for both universities and the students from the surrounding school districts. So, um, you know, tell us a little bit about the day-to-day and how it works, um, especially now that we're in a, we've entered a, a year where it's really a full year of academic learning. So it changes depending on the the month or the, the time of year. Mm-hmm. Um, our roles our roles change. So uh, right now we have spring registration going on, and even though there is a representative from Francis Marion University and Florence Darlington Technical College, we all work together. Mm-hmm. So depending on what's going on, obviously with um, with a project like what we're doing today, that would fall under my job description. So mm-hmm. I coordinate those things um, with industry partnerships um, that's a big part of of our of my job mm-hmm. um, whereas the academics is more under under their job description so it could be anything from entertaining an economic development um, pot- a potential client for them for Florence County mm-hmm. um, who may want to locate in in our part of Florence County okay so of course we want to show them the continuum and what training and education is provided here and how mm-hmm. that can be a benefit to them Mm -hmm. Um, So that's one of one of the things that I really enjoy doing. Um, Coming from K-12 public Mm -hmm. education, it's really uh, rewarding Mm -hmm. to see the the students that I saw in middle school, seeing them take classes here and and really being able to match them up with uh, careers. Mm -hmm. Um, So we do have those business and industry partners. And, you know, we're doing uh, mock interviews with them and we're brushing up on their resume and, and soft you know, skills. Yeah. Really? Mm-hmm. Yes. And, and just talking to them about what, what they want to do and how these skills can help them and, and mm-hmm. those kinds of things. Um, really reaching down into the high schools um, and, and, explaining the details of the classes and how it can help them and what do you really want to do. And a lot of the options that are offered here were not Mm -hmm. an option before. Mm -hmm. And so getting that word out is is a big part Mm -hmm. of what we do as well. Right, right. Dr. Dr. Uh, Vincent talked about a little bit about that, getting the word out and just preparing the students for what they would be, uh, what would be in front of them were they to attend uh, coursework here. So that's great. You mentioned uh, public partnerships and industry partnerships. And so some of those are in place and some are um, are forming. So how does, how does that happen? Um, do you work with the local chamber to help reinforce those partnerships or to help get the word out? We do work with the chamber um, a lot of times, though. So we've hosted a couple. Of course, we had like an open house, and we've mm-hmm. hosted an uh, apprenticeship accelerator breakfast, and we have job fairs here and things like that. So there are some authentic, um, organic ways mm-hmm. that we partner with them, um, just inviting them to come in. Sometimes it's uh, when we first opened, it was a simple phone call, um, really just kind of individually and, oh, wow. and just mm-hmm. saying, you know, hey, we're we, door- we'd our like to are invite open. you in. We're uh-huh. not, you know, we're not asking them for anything. We really want them to see what's offered here. Mm-hmm. And we usually kind of leave the ball in their court okay. um, and, and just say, give them our business card and right. um, let them know what, what classes we offer here. And that's kind of how we started mm-hmm. in 2019. And it mm-hmm. was really neat. Um, after we navigated through COVID, um, those relationships had just started. And so now we're, we're picking those back up. And it was really neat to see how now that we have 
students who've been through either one year or two years Mm -hmm. of coursework here, they're interviewing for jobs now. And some of the response that we're getting is Mm -hmm. like our like several emails or several phone calls, Mm -hmm. just very interested in the students because they're in interviews talking specifically about the skills that they're learning. Mm -hmm. And that's really been neat to see that relationship grow. Right. They've been exposed to likely some of the skill sets and and training that is conducive to, uh, to supporting these industry partners. And so that's uh, great to hear that it's a response, you know? Yeah. So like one, one example is when we bring them in here and, um, even if there's a class in there, if you've got visitors, they're going to talk a little bit, Mm -hmm. um, and they're going to explain kind of what they learn. Um, but I know one of the calls that we got from Nanya Plastics, for example, they have one of our students in an interview and I think he must have just gone on and on and on about the the projects that he worked on and the mm-hmm. types of skills that he had and they were just blown away um, when they go through a tour that one time they may not really they think that they really could benefit from those students um, but when they hear someone who's been through two years of a program right. And all that they've learned, it really, it really did blow them away. So wow. that was that was nice to hear. Yeah, that's great. It really resonates with them. Yes. So you you mentioned that you have been an um, education administrator. You know, you were a teacher and then an assistant principal and then a principal, and now you're fulfilling a slightly different role. Um, can you talk about the different challenges that you had as an educator um, versus this particular role? Um, what's different? Um, are the students, um, you know, We've talked about we we've talked about this phrase. Schools can't do it all, right? So we all need the support. But um, are there succinct differences as you've developed in your in your administrative career? So I was at the middle school level, um, and it, with that being such a specific time frame in yeah. in mm-hmm. education, um, if they came to us lacking certain things. We, we did our very best um, to to teach them what we needed to during that time period and then to make it up. And, and then so we didn't speak. know what they would do afterward. Uh-huh, so here, uh-huh. what's really neat is there's so many different options going mm-hmm. back to that continuum. There's just a, a menu mm-hmm. of, of options here mm-hmm. for every Pathways, type yeah. of student. And I think what what I maybe didn't see at the middle school level, I think it exists at lots of high schools, mm-hmm. but what I didn't personally see was that many options. If, mm-hmm. if a student wasn't, um, if they didn't love traditional lecture style teaching, then those years were tough. Right, um, right. They were kind of stuck. Yes. If you will. I mean, they right. did have the the arts and some elective classes, right. but not like what's offered at the high school level. So I think uh, sometimes students, what I'm hearing is they can't wait to get to this point uh-huh. because they can go here, here, mm-hmm. or here. And students who may be a little uh, disenchanted with education – Mm-hmm. And then they come here, and um, they have they have an option that's perfect for them. Right, they're reinvigorated. Yes. I think it's all about engagement. We talk a lot in our educational, um, uh, you know, just uh, thought 
you know, our, our brainstorming and in, in other in previous podcast sessions, we talk about engagement and it, how important it is, um, not just for students and their their learning and pursuit of learning, but as it as they grow and develop into adults. I mean, having an engaged workforce mm-hmm. is a critical lifeline to a successful community. I mean, I think matching them up with what they love to do, and it's yes. probably not going to be the same for their entire life. It could be. Right, right. Um, but oftentimes they're going to change careers and you don't really hear that right. in K-8, mm-hmm. certainly. Sure. Um, you don't hear it. You, Like I said, you might start hearing it in high school. Um, but I feel myself saying to students a lot more now in this role, just you know, don't worry if it's not what you want to do forever. That's right. okay. There right. are a lot of people who change jobs. But but find what you enjoy doing, and and a lot of them do a lot better. They, right. Their grades are a lot better. Mm-hmm. They're more engaged. Right. And then when they can connect that with a job, um, then they're that's set. really a home run. Right. Right. <laughs> and they're they're so excited that they can get a, a co-op job or an apprenticeship while they're still in high school. Mm-hmm. And that's when they start seeing the finish line right? a little more. Yeah, that's great. How many, in, in terms of the um, internship and apprenticeship jobs, um, how, 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 what percentage of students are able to um, have that while they're students here? So I think that's, it's still developing. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I don't know that I can quote a percentage, but I will say that um, our early partners um, like Nanya or uh-huh. McCall Farms uh-huh. or... Um, the plastics company too. Yeah, Nanya Plastics mm-hmm. and yeah. um, Mid-South Metal and, uh-huh. and Moore Farms Botanical Garden. They hired mm-hmm. some of our welders. So I think... If they are dependable, if they've got those soft skills that you talked about, um, if they are a hard worker Mm -hmm. and they have, you know, they're taking these classes that are immediately employable, um, that as we continue to develop partnerships, we will probably be able to 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 market really any of our students. Mm -hmm. I mean, there are, you know, there are some students in classes that don't come on time and don't do things. We, we don't want, we want to get them to where they need to be before right. we suggest them That's right. um, for, you, for any kind of, any positions like that. We don't want to sure. recommend. Um, you want to set them up for success. Yes, yeah. that's right. Yeah, that's right. Absolutely. So we let them know, you know, hey, we, we need you to get a little bit better at this and yeah. then we'll be able to match you up. Right. Just like your classmate there. <laughs> right. right. Great. Yeah. That's great. That's great. Well, in, in wrapping up, let's, um, I want to talk about like what's next for the continuum and what you have planned for the rest of the year. And we've just kind of gotten through the first quarter, you know, of a, of a brand new, fresh in-person school year. So what are you looking forward to for the rest of this academic year? Um, I think, um, like I said, we've, we've reconnected with mm-hmm. a lot of our business and industry uh, that we started those conversations. I think those are really going to, to grow. Mm-hmm. Um, we've had some really good preliminary meetings with McLeod and MUSC. Mm-hmm. And I'm really interested to hear how, how that will go. Uh-huh. As, as you know, there's a huge need in healthcare in right. every position from, mm-hmm. from the top to the bottom. Um, so the unique partnership that is the continuum um, between Francis Marion University and Florence Arlington Tech with them working together, and then you've got the private support on top of right. that. Mm-hmm. Um, it's just, 
exciting what what is possible. Mm-hmm. Um, so we we look to expand mm-hmm. our offerings to meet those needs. Mm-hmm. Um, in the end, it's about <clears throat> meeting the education and training needs of of our area. And right. The fact that we're not limited by county lines or district lines, or it's truly a regional center. Mm-hmm. Um, so that just really enables us to to meet those needs without having to worry about these false boundaries. Right. right. So, gotcha. Right. So I'm excited. Yeah. Because about, I, I feel like there were at least 400 students from Francis Marion. Is that right? That come to this about area? Did four, I say yeah, that Yeah, about right? 400 um, and then another hundred um, on top of that for Florence Darlington Tech classes. Uh-huh. Um, there's a little bit less in those classes because they are you know, hands on. We have we have ten welding booths right now, so we mm-hmm. have, and we are adding another ten. Right, so we right. we are somewhat limited to how many can take those types of classes based on the equipment. Um, but we've got about five hundred students. Okay, um, wow. For each semester, and it yeah. continues to grow. Right. So right. I. And it sounds like that's not going to be a limiting factor, the growth, because it sounds like, you know, the foundation would be supportive if you had to expand this facility. I was going to ask if there were any limiting, you know, if your student population could ever be limited because it, you really are serving the region. And, um, you know, I guess maybe one limiting factor might be distance or transportation. Mm-hmm. True. But, um, yeah. but you know, I know that the virtual, there are some virtual course offerings, so, um, that could satisfy, you know, I think that right expansion. now we're, we're certainly nowhere near, um, our capacity. So I right. think the potential to grow is, is very much there. And then there's a little bit of land close uh-huh. to us that's uh-huh. undeveloped. Yeah. So right. potential there as well. Great. So we've talked a lot about the students and the student experience, which, which is great. And, uh, what I'd like to understand for our audience is, um, how important the facility design is in terms of supporting this curriculum for these students and really bringing um, students from different parts of the county uh, together. So first of all, it's it's a gorgeous building and the students stand a little taller when they walk through the doors. It's just a great place to be. I think it it immediately motivates you to want to come. Um, So it is is a beautiful building. Um, But in addition to that, there's so many different things going on under this one roof. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. It could be an economic development meeting, mm-hmm. um, which actually happened today. Um, we had economic development here, uh-huh. and they could be here with a client mm-hmm. uh, meeting to show them the continuum and show mm-hmm. them Lake City. Um, we have businesses and um, and our industry partners who have meetings here, who mm-hmm. have training here. Mm-hmm. Some and, who have offices here, right? Yes. The incubator Area, right, the incubator the space, mm-hmm. and um, then our four to five hundred students who are taking classes all throughout the day and night, um, and then this event space, um, the community room is available for rental. If if we're not using it for any reason, then it's available. So we can just have a number of things going on, and the design was crucial. So there's some spaces that can be sectioned off, mm-hmm. and it doesn't interrupt. The classes that are going on. Right. They can uh, be secured. Yes. Right, they're separated. secured. They're separated. And um, and so that's really important for the safety for the students, as well as just everything working together so that no one interrupts mm-hmm. anyone else. Right. Um, I was really concerned at first because, like, we have got welding, uh-huh. which is a very loud process. Right. And right. then right across the hall is a classroom. But it... It works. The design, right. The design makes it work. Mm -hmm. And um, our 
collaborative spaces mm-hmm. are really, I think, crucial to the climate mm-hmm. of, of, of the building because we do have 10 different high schools, mm-hmm. um, Under- students from 10 different high schools taking classes here. So having a place for them to socialize and, and just yeah. be students mm-hmm. in a in a collaborative social type setting is very important. And that was obviously planned for. Mm-hmm. And I really think that's one of their most favorite places. Um, the classrooms the are, are yeah. typical style classrooms, but they love the collaborative spaces. And right. yeah. um, they just, they, when they first tour as ninth and 10th graders, they want to come. Yeah. They find what can I take so I can come there. So <laughs> that's great. That's yeah, great. They to enjoy hear. it. That's great to hear. It certainly was designed with students in mind, um, bringing in natural daylight and and making uh, those uh, those wider you know circulation spaces, collaborative zones uh, for the students and and for the community as a whole. Well, we were so excited um, to be able to spend this time with you, Jeanette. It's been really fun, uh, and we love the facility and love to support it, and just so glad that it's um, well-loved and used. So thank you. We're glad to. We, <laughs> we enjoyed our time together. Great. Thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you for joining us for this in-depth series exploring how this new type of school in Lake City, South Carolina is redefining education. Idea Exchange, the future of K-12 education podcast series is brought to you by Macmillan Pastant Smith. The K-12 studio at Macmillan Pastant Smith is focused on helping schools prepare future-ready students. Have a question for me or a topic you'd like to address? Please complete the contact form listed in the episode description.